we give Jesus some praise, one heart? Come on, let's put our hands together. Honor our King. Fantastic. Man, what an honor it is to be here at One Heart Church. I'm having a time of my life this weekend. Flew in on Friday night. Uh, managed to make it in. They canceled my flight. And then they put it back on again, which was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. But we made it. Had a beautiful dinner with your pastors, Pastor Rob and Pauline. And then yesterday, we went out to, uh, let me get it right, Coffin Bay. And had amazing seafood. Then toured the peninsula four-wheel driving, on the edge of cliffs, had a great time. But then to be here with you today, greatest delight, just to be able to minister in this incredible church. And just want to say what an, what an honor it is uh, to be here with you. And what a great delight it is to see this incredible church. I mean, we walked in here last night to meet with a few, uh, a small group of the key leadership team here at the church. And you see the excellence, like, you know, the chairs, the staging, everything in such great array. I don't know about you, but you just can't help but feel inspired that this is a, a church that is filled with vibrancy and life. And I believe that, you know, we as believers in Jesus are supposed to do things well for the name of God because anything else, we can't bring to Him a sick, weak, or diseased animal, Malachi teaches us. But we must bring to Him something that is acceptable, the best that we can bring Him. And everything about this church screams we believe in Jesus. We believe He's worthy of our worship, our devotion, and the best that we can bring Him. And uh, Pastor Rob and Pauline, just want to tell you what an honor it is to be here with you. What amazing leaders you are. We had such a great time yesterday, Pastor Rob, just driving in your car and talking church and dreaming and scheming, my favorite thing to do. And a tremendous honor to be here this morning with your incredible church, our last service full of hungry people. Five people said yes to Jesus. I believe more than that will say yes in this service. But if you're grateful for the pastors of this church, can you just put your hands together? Let's thank God for Pastor Rob, Pastor Pauline, Pastor Josh. Before I open the word, can we just pray that God will give me shoulders like Pastor Rob, I mean, Pastor Josh, sorry. Nothing too exceptional about yours, but I'll take your shoulders every day of the week. I wouldn't fit in my polo shirt if I had his shoulders. Or I would and feel really proud that the material was being stretched. Either way, it would be a good day. What a great man of God you are, Josh. Love you and thank God for you. Hey, if you have a Bible, we're going to go to the book of Genesis this morning. The book of Genesis where everything begins. Um, and we're going to go to the 11th chapter. And I actually had uh, a message that was ready to go for today. In fact, uh, the kind team here at One Heart even printed signs for it. And we were... We were ready to flow. Um, and then I felt like yesterday the Lord just arrested me and said, let's go a different way. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey the Lord and, and do what I feel He's uh, asked me to do. And I want to preach a message for you today as a church that I believe may be, and I feel it is, um, a word in season for you as a church for this moment and for this season. Let me just start by saying this. I believe that Port Lincoln, like every city, every town in Australia, New Zealand, and the world needs revival. I believe God is looking for a church into which He can pour out His blessing. Do you believe that? And I am praying, and I hope you are too, that we will be the church here in Port Lincoln that God will be pleased to pour out His revival power. 
Anybody else up for that? With that in mind, let's turn to this incredible passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture is a moment that literally changed the world. The world was never the same after Genesis chapter 11. Until the day of Pentecost, an aspect of unity was lost to the world after Genesis chapter 11. And my prayer is that a moment that changed the world will change our lives here today. If you believe God could do something special, can you give me a hearty amen out there? This is the way it works with my preaching. The louder you say amen, the shorter I preach, okay? The more you smile, the more coherent my words become. So let's just flow with that together. Genesis chapter 11 and verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Sheena and they settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over the whole earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel. Because there, the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Three lines in our text I want to remind you of today. The first in verse 3. They said to each other, come, let us. Verse 4. Then they said, come, let us. In verse 7, God said, come, let us. Father, I pray you'd open your word, open our hearts to hear. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In our amazing passage of scripture this morning, in this defining pivotal moment in human history, there are two groups of people in our passage. The, sorry, two groups in our passage. The first is the people. And God makes an observation about these people. He says, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God records of this group of people that for them, nothing is impossible. The second group speaking in our passage is the Trinity, the Godhead. God speaking amongst himself says a phrase, says words in our passage of scripture and we know about our God that nothing is impossible for our God. 
We have people for whom nothing is impossible. We have a God for whom nothing is impossible. And we have two groups talking, two groups with unlimited potential, both using the same three words. And those three words are, come, let us. If you know these words, could you help me say them out loud on the count of three? One, two, three. Come, let us. Say it again. Come, let us. One more time for the people in the back. Come, let us. The Bible literally says that as one people come, speaking the same language, let us, if they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. When I read those words many years ago, something triggered in my heart as I realized there is a commonality of phraseology, a commonality of potential, and that maybe in our passage of Scripture, we're drilling into more than just the moment where language was confused to retard the development of a people who were heading away from God. But maybe when we read this passage of Scripture, we're discovering more than just words. We're discovering spirit. We're discovering a key. And that in this key, it might be the difference between impossible or possible, implausible or probable, not going to happen or definitely going to happen. And what lifts the potential realm, what makes the impossible possible, what makes the implausible probable, what makes not going to happen transform into absolutely going to happen, nothing is impossible for them. That maybe what makes the difference is personified in a spirit expressed in three words in our text. And those words are, come, let us. That maybe in those three words, there is something that God still desires, still wants, wants to put into our spirit, maybe put even into our church, that is a community of people we could reach for a new realm of possibility and potential. Hey, does anybody still believe that our God is the God of limitless potential? Does anybody still believe that the house of God, the church, is where the potential of God is realized on earth? That souls can be saved and addictions can be broken and marriages can be healed and a new generation can come to Christ and leaders can emerge and new churches can be planted and people can find the full potential of God in His house. If you believe that, I need a hearty amen. And if we believe that God can do it, then the thing we must drill in on is how do we become the people through whom He does it. And in this amazing passage of Scripture, I think we find a key. Three words, three words that lifted a community to build something that God observed and said, it's amazing and this group of people can do whatever they dream of doing. Three words that lift us. Three words that maybe, if they could become true of one heart church, would lift this community of people to be a voice of change and transformation and revival here in Port Lincoln. Help me with those three words one more time. Those words are, come, let us. Say it again. Come, let us. One more time. Come, let us. 
If you have a Bible this morning, you can turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. If you're not familiar with the book of Nehemiah, Israel, who's God's chosen people, were predominantly centered around a city called Jerusalem. And because of their compromise and their, their sin, the Bible tells us that Jerusalem and all of Israel was, came under the judgment of God and that they were forced into exile. The walls of Jerusalem were literally, can you just put the scripture back off and I'll tell you when I want you to put it up there. You're doing a great job. I love you. You're amazing. The walls of Jerusalem were literally destroyed and torn down and ruined. And because of this, the, the community of Israel that was still living there in Jerusalem were living in a city where literally you couldn't even navigate a street because there were boulders in your way. There was no way that you could prevent even the foxes, the foxes from making their way over the wall of Jerusalem to just take what they wanted from the city of Jerusalem, let alone keep enemies out, let alone profess an excellence to the name of God. And so a leader emerged and his name was Nehemiah. And Nehemiah returns from Babylon to Jerusalem and he surveys the city. In the dead of night, he tours the walls on the outside. He'd already seen the city on the inside. And then he gathers all of the the inhabitants, the remnant that are there in the city of Jerusalem. And he literally tells them, all about what God has done for him in his life, how he has ended up back in Jerusalem. And now, if you can put it on the screen, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, he addresses the people, and this is what he says. You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruin, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Now, you've got to understand, people had said for, hundred, for many, many years, they had said, you can never rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They literally said the stones that were surrounding the wall were no longer of any value, that this was an impossible situation. I hear people saying the craziest things in the year 2023. Like maybe the day of the church is over. Like maybe it's difficult to build the church. Like maybe it's too hard to be a follower of Christ and, and build a, a meaningful expression of the Lord. As what is said in our time is exactly what they said in Nehemiah's time. They said you can't do it. Hey, one step further, they had begun to accept things as they were. What they were living in, they became used to. Isn't it amazing how we can easily become accustomed to something that is dysfunctional? We should never become accustomed to what is dysfunctional in our culture or in our community. We are the people of God. And so Nehemiah arrives and he says, listen guys, come let us. And to a group of people who'd lived with something in a static place for so long, they responded to the call of Nehemiah, rose up together, and they began to build. Not only did they start, but they finished. Not only did they finish, but they finished in a truly miraculous time frame. 
they rebuilt the walls of that city and made a testimony to the greatness of God. But the three words that left a remnant of survivors who had always been there to do something that people said could never be done is the same three words, come, let us. And I believe that for One Heart Church, I've been feeling this in my heart all weekend that God is saying, I have got another move of God for you, another revival for you, a new day for you. I see this church building full of teenagers on a Friday night. I see vans and buses dropping teenagers in that car park. I see, a, I see sound systems and twinkle lights and young people packing this place out. I see the church filled with people. I see new Christians classes after every service. I see awakening and I see life. And I believe that God is moving and can move in and through his church. Come on, am I talking to any Bible-believing Christians in this room today? And what God is looking for is not people who can tell you about the boulder on 4th Street or the problem with the gate that's been burned with fire or why that stone can't be replaced. He's looking for a people who say, God can do something amazing, so come, let us. Say it with me. Come, let Say it again. Come. This time just you. When he finds that spirit, it lifts God's people. It provides a basis for unity. He literally said, I see such potential in these unredeemed selfish people in the book of Genesis that I've got to stop them even being able to say those three words. But now we are the New Testament church. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit and He united His people back together again. He gave us a new heart and a, and, and a new spirit. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel, and now God has promised unity and glory and limitless potential for His people. So we have every reason in the year 2023 to expect that a people with a heart of unity and a belief in the power of God can rise again and see revival in our time. And if you believe that, I need you to shout amen. amen. Say the three words with me. Come, let us. Say it again. Come, let us. Now turn with me to second, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14 before we put it up on the screen. You're so fast. I love you. You're amazing. In 1 Samuel 14, we've got an amazing passage of Scripture where the Philistine army has come out to destroy Israel. King Saul has lost his anointing. He is filled with a spirit of fear and a spirit of depression. He's buried in his tent, an absent leader, in a moment when his nation needed a leader to stand strong. Let it never be said of us that we gave way to fear and unbelief. Let it be said of us that we stood tall, that we believed in the potential of God, that we were found present in the day of battle. But the Bible tells us that, that ne sorry, not Nehemiah, Saul, uh, Saul, that Saul is buried in his tent. He is king, but he is gone. He is, he is overwhelmed. He doesn't know what to do. He's searching for answers. He's going for counsel after counsel. He can't find a solution to his problem. His son, his name is Jonathan. And Jonathan has a belief in a God who can do anything. 
And so Jonathan, even though he cannot marshal the army, thinks to himself, I'm just going to kick the battle off. So he says to his armor bearer these amazing words in 1 Samuel 14 and verse 6. He said to his young armor bearer, come, let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. I love that. He's trash talking. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan had one follower. One follower. Not an army. Not a mega church. One follower. And he said to his armor bearer, come, help me, let us. And his armor bearer and Jonathan appeared to the Philistines, climbed a cliff, and engaged in battle. Jonathan struck them down. The armor bearer finished them off. And Philistine after Philistine fell before Jonathan and his nameless armor bearer. A great battle begins, and then confusion breaks out in the Philistine camp. They begin to kill each other and to flee from the fight. Next thing you know, the Israelite army joins in the fray, and they are completely victorious over their enemies. What's amazing is that in this instance again, with the smallest of groups, We've gone from a unified population to a remnant of Israel, now to one man and his armor bearer. Yet every time these words are found, there is nothing but victory, nothing but opportunity, nothing but the favor of God, nothing but stories being written of victories as God begins to move. And I still believe that if we can have in one heart church the spirit that is personified in these three words, say them with me, come, let us, that we can vanquish the enemies of the gospel, we can see revival in our communities, we can see the church made valiant and strong, and if you believe that, give me another amen out there today. Now what's amazing about this word come is that we read it translated in English, and to us, it's a very stationary word, it's like a word that parents use with their children, like come, like you've been a naughty child, come. But in Scripture, this word is far more complex than just our understanding of it in English. The word that's used, come, let us, multiple times in these multiple passages of Scripture, is also the same Hebrew word is also translated in Scripture to give or to bring. So when I give my offering, I am also coming. When I bring, I'm also doing the same act that is described in this word, come. It's not a passive word. It means that I change my stance, that I'm no longer withholding because I have to give. I'm no longer an individual because I have to contribute to something that is bigger than me. 
It means that I leave behind an isolated life and instead I bring what I have to God and to His church in order for the church to be able to expand and to grow. Withholding, living as an individual, seeing yourself as a walled city or an isolated island is what kills the potential of God in His church. When Jesus was about to be taken back to heaven, what did he pray? He said in John 17, 24, may they be one as we are one, because then the world will know that you love me. Jesus said there is a link between the contribution of individuals to the corporate, the bringing of what I have to the greater picture that unlocks the potential of God to move on my behalf. And friends, what God is still looking for in the year 2023 is a group of believers who no longer view themselves as isolated individuals who happen to find themselves in an auditorium on a Sunday morning. Instead, God is looking for a group of people who are saying, you know what, you might be an eye, I might be a hand, that person's probably the brain, and this person might be the foot, but together we are all going to bring who we are and what we have, and we're going to come, let us, and together in unity, we're going to build God's house. And when you bring what you can bring, and I bring what I can bring, and together we do it together, friend, there's nothing impossible for a community of people like that. God is literally saying it's about everybody coming together. In fact, the band, the band and the singers, can you come and join me up on stage right now? Give them a clap as they come. They're amazing. Give them a big clap. I'm going to tell you what to do, so don't start playing anything. Just come on up here. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, they have had no rehearsal. They don't even know I'm doing this. They're right now going, what is he asking us to do? In Matthew 18, 19, the Bible says that if any two or three of you agree, if you agree, if you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. What attracts the agreement of heaven upon God's people? Well, this verse tells me it's when two or three of us agree. So the key to unlocking the potential of heaven in one heart church is if two or three of us do what we have to Say the three words with me. One, two, three. Come, let us. That word agree in the Greek is the word symphonia. From that word, we derive the English word symphony. When two or three agree, when two or three bring what they have as individuals and decide to do it together, then heaven says, that's where I'm going to pour out my blessing and move on their behalf. A disunified, individualistic, consumeristic church will never attract the favor of heaven and never be a conduit of revival. Come on, we know that to be true. Because this is what it's like. If everybody's an individual, okay, we sang three songs and I borrowed a run sheet. 
What I want is for you as the guitarist, my friend, love you. I want you right now to play whatever you would play as a guitarist when we sing He's Not Done. Just, just play a part of it. That sounds fantastic. Can we give our guitarist a big clap? All right, that's great. You can stop. Well done. Well done. We're going to come back to you in a minute. Okay, bass guitarist. Our second song today was Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood. Okay? Yep, you can go on your iPad and get the keys for that. That's wonderful. All right, now, now can you play Thank You for the Blood? Just play that for me. Wow. Anyone feel like suddenly authority came into the room when he played that? I want my voice to sound like your bass guitar. That would, I feel like I'll be even more anointed. Okay, uh, uh, thank you. Give him a big clap. He's done well. Okay. The next song, the next song that we sang today was called New Wine. New Wine, drummer, I want you to play New Wine, okay? Off you go. Wow, give it up for the drummer, everybody. That was amazing. Anybody agree with me that individually they all are just absolutely phenomenal? Can we agree on that? Like, give them a big clap. That's phenomenal. Okay, singers, singers, we're going to go this way this time. Hello, darling, how are you? Uh, I would like you to sing something from He's Not Done. Could you do that for us? Can you put the words up on the screen for He's Not Done? They're working on it. Here we go. Whoa, our God is on the move. Whoa, there's nothing he can't do. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Okay, all right. Penny? Money Penny, uh, can you please sing uh, Thank You, Jesus, for the blood? All right, let's give Penny a clap. Here she goes. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me wide. Give her a big clap, absolutely amazing. Hello. I feel like you here might have a slight ginger touch, does it or no? It does. What? That, you know why God gave you that? It's a sign of his favoritism. <laughs> ginger here is how God marks his favorites, that's the truth. Yeah. I've got scripture and references to back that up. Um, so you are going to sing for us uh, new wine, all right? You ready to go? Let's go, Ginger. Give it. <laughs> Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. This is what Soundcheck is like, by the way. Give him a big clap. Every singer, every musician, when you hear just them, sounds absolutely amazing. Now, let's see what happens when each of them decides to sing their song, play their instrument, rather than agreeing on which one song it will be. I'm gonna count to three, and then whichever song you were singing then, whichever song you were playing then, I want you to play it on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Whoa. Themselves and what they 
Now, ima imagine what would happen if they all began to sing together. Whoa, our God is on the move. Whoa, I can't sing, but there's nothing he can't do. Can you all do that? You reckon? Do you want to count us in, dr drummer? Because you're the band lead? Yeah, here we go.
that said, come let us. You can take the words off the screen, the verse off the screen. I'm, I'm, I'm doing too many things. I'm sorry. I like your eyes. That's my problem. See, the thing is, friends, when we have a spirit that says, come let us, it creates inclusion. We can touch a lost world. We can redeem humanity. There is a world out there that needs Jesus. And the only way we're going to bring them into God's house is when a group of people say, it's not my lounge room, it's God's lounge room. And I'm going to include that person who's just said yes to Jesus in the journey of my family because the only way we cure dysfunction is with function. The only way we go from decision to disciple is to do life with other believers. We need a spirit that says, come, let us. Come on, stand your feet together with me, church. I'm done. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your presence that's here. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This is what we're going to do. We're going we're to sing that, that chorus that we were singing before. Our God is on the move. But before we do it, I want to pray. And when we start singing this chorus, do me a favor. Open your mouth and begin to sing. Open your mouth and begin to sing. Whether even if you, I can't sing to save myself. If you stand next to me on the front row, it's like I feel like apologizing to you. But we still sing because we bring who we are, right? And I want us to sing it together. But before we do it, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray over this church. And we're going to believe for the hand of God to be upon us. We're going to believe for revival to break out in Port Lincoln and across this entire peninsula. I believe that God can do that. Come on. If you believe in, in your Lord, you're ready for God to do something great. Go, why don't you pray together with me? Lift your hands together all over this room. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we, this amazing church, one heart, we say to you, Lord, that we want to come together and together believe that this this peninsula, this, this, this city, this town can be impacted for the glory of God. We see revival coming. We see a new generation coming into your house. We see the, the greatest harvest this church has ever seen. We see increase on the left and on the right. So Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just pray, pour out your spirit upon this group of people. I pray, Jesus, that you would bless us with your presence. I pray right now you would stir every heart unify every soul I pray that you would bring us together in unity Lord God and that together we would see your hand on the move in this place in Jesus mighty name and if you believe God can do it why don't you lift your voice and shout amen and give God some praise come on clap your hands together all you people hallelujah hallelujah let's sing it together Oh, you're in a different song? Yeah, we, got we got you. You got me? <laughs> Maybe we won't.
I like you guys. You're awesome. Hey, just give me your attention for just one more minute before I hand back to Pastor Rob this morning. Everything we're talking about this morning is for one purpose. Jesus came to this world so that none of us needed to live our lives distant from Him. Nobody, nobody needs to go to an eternity that is outside of the presence of God. Jesus came died upon a cross so that no matter what wrong there is in our lives or how distance we distant we feel from him all can come close and all can know an intimate relationship with our god all over the service this morning many people have come to this meeting right now and in your heart you're saying john that's me i'm distant from jesus i'm not connected to god don't have my own relationship with him i'm not a christian I've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. Or perhaps you're saying, I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. I'm about to hand back. But before I do, it would be my greatest honor to I mean that. To lead you in a prayer. If you're saying, John, I need Jesus in my life. And you, if you'd open your mouth and pray this prayer, open your heart and reach for God, then today could be the day where you discover what it is to know Jesus personally. All over this room, many people are saying, John, that's me. I've come to church today, but I'm not connected to Jesus. I don't have my own relationship with God. I'm not a Christian. I've been a church person, but Jesus isn't at the center of my life. Or maybe I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Take one hand and lift it high in the air. I'll see it, then you can put it back down. But once every hand is lifted, we're going to pray this prayer together. Right now, everybody, just close your eyes in a holy moment between people and God. If you're here today and you're saying, John, I need Jesus, wherever you are, I want you just to take one hand and lift it high in the air. I'm not a Christian. I want you to lift a hand. I need to come back to God today. You lift a hand. I've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. You lift your hand. Got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. You lift your hand. Once every hand is lifted, we're going to pray this prayer together. But if you know that's you and you're in this room right now, I want you to take one hand and lift it high in the air right now. Lift it all the way up, all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you down the front before I saw that. Anybody else? I need Jesus today. Lift a hand high in the air. Two more seconds. Two more seconds. One more second. All right, everybody in the room, pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Jesus. You died on the cross for me. You love me. You accept me. You forgive me. Amen and amen.